It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show, and a Happy New Year. Yes, after a short little break, we enjoyed the holidays, the Christmas celebration, Hanukkah, you name it. Whatever you celebrate, we are now into 2020. And it is a fantastic romp as we are jumping in to a very special celebration here at Diz Radio. So this week, we have all kinds of fun planned up, and it is the week of January 16th, 2020 for show number 232. And what exactly does that mean? That means that this year is the year of Diz Radio. All year long, we're going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary here at Disney On Demand. Yes, 10 years of Diz Radio. And to help us kick off into the new year and have that fun is somebody that is no stranger to magic, memories, animation, storyboards, theme parks, and more. We have none other than Steve Moore stopping in here at the show. Now, Steve Moore is a storyboard artist, an animator, a director, a writer, who's worked on such things like Back to Neverland. Yes, the old Robin Williams, MGM Studios film that they played during the animation tour at the park. He was part of Nightmare Before Christmas, as well as the Brave Little Toaster, and so many others, including Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, and currently Shimmer and Shine, and all kinds of great things things out there. In addition, no show would be complete without the D team, and we roll right into 2020 as you have the questions and he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We have Dominic with the latest from your streaming devices with Disney+. Plus. We have the wonderful women of Disney with Caitlin, who's going to bring you all that magic and wit from all the women that were influential throughout the Walt Disney Company. We have Michael back live on location within Walt's footsteps, where he's going to take a look back into all those little nuggets that Walt has left behind for all of us. We also have Charles here, who's going to take that look, that listen, and all kinds of magic for your ears in the Magical Music Review. We have all kinds of fun on the horizon, a lot of great things, news coming up, and all kinds of goodies. I am excited to be back into 2020. Like I said, it is the year of Diz Radio, our 10-year anniversary, and what better way than to kick it off with Steve Moore and a snowstorm. Yes, you probably have noticed the music playing behind me is a little bit of Christmassy. And throughout the show here this week, there might be a snow song or two, you know, maybe you want to build a snowman, maybe you want to watch a snow globe or the snowfall, because here at the DoD 76 Studios, we have gotten pounded with several inches of snow. So it has been snowing nonstop for the last few days. So I just want to have a little bit of a snow-filled holiday fun to kick into the new year. So before I jump into this week's show, we kick things off and jump into 2020. I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process. Book those dining reservations, those hotel reservations, fast passes, and more. They're going to help you. They are award-winning, bilingual, and they are absolutely free to use. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor 
of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, we are officially in 2020, so let's officially kick off show number 232 for the week of January 16th, 2020, and as I mentioned, I'm feeling a little bit of the snow coming down, a little bit of extra holiday cheer, so let's jump into this week's show. I'll be right back, all of you D-heads. They're the five spunkiest little characters you've ever met. It's a possibility. For years they've been waiting. Can you see? Is it him? And waiting. He loved us. That's right. For their master to come home. Master Blanky. We've been dumped, abandoned. We're not going to give up hope. But now their waiting is over. We're going out to find him. What? We're going to go out 
and find the master. Join a brave little toaster and his unusual pals on a magical journey. I'm ready. Through a world of mystery. Light. I see the light. Fantasy. <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> and adventure. It's an exciting, strange, and fantastic voyage where you'll see scary places. Hey, fellas, look! A whole lot of little creatures. A few odd contraptions. But I can't open a lamp and a shaver. And some devices that are simply remarkable. Yeah. They're five plucky appliances determined to find their master no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. Join an inquisitive radio. Well, what does that mean? A bright little lamp. I'm glad we don't have to do this every day. A snuggly blanket. Mm -hmm. A crotchety old vacuum cleaner. You're telling me. And a brave little toaster. Time to go. In a heartwarming story for the entire family. Plug into the adventure of The Brave Little Toaster. Okay, system's rolling. Testing, one, two, three. This is Jerry Reese. I've just finished a... a, a <laughs> Take two. This is Jerry Reese. You are listening to DizRadio.com. Oh, this isn't really Robin, but you're listening to DizRadio.com. I don't know who this was. Let's go and play I never see you anymore Come out the doors like you've gone away We used to be best buddies Now we're not I wish you would tell me why Do you wanna build a snowman? Doesn't have to be a snowman Okay Pictures on the walls It gets a little lonely All these empty rooms Just watching the hours tick by Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman Okay Be a snowman Okay 
can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for our first show of 2020, our year of Diz Radio, as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary here at Disney On Demand and the Diz Radio Show, and show number 232 for the week of January 16th, 2020, as we are gearing up for none other than Steve Moore, storyboard artist, animator, writer, director, who's worked on Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted Christmas, The Brave Little Toaster, Back to Neverland, Nightmare Before Christmas, and so many other things. It is fantastic to have Steve stopping in here soon. We have the D-Team and all kinds of fun. So before I jump into everything here off the D-Wire and our first show of 2020, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, all over the place. Just search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to hear the D-Team, hear my voice ramble in your ears, hear from our special guests, and more. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, all three of which will help you find our show. You find it, you hit subscribe, and you can get the latest shows as they get released right there in your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, the device of your choosing, and you can listen to us ramble right there in your ears as soon as it gets released. And if you can't remember any of this, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, that's D-I-Z Radio.com, and you can find all these links there as well. So, all of you D-heads, normally this is the time of the show when I would give you news hot off the D-wire. All kinds of things going on within the Disney company this week. But, it is the first show of 2020. And with that, 2020 is bringing some great things here at Diz Radio, including our 10-year anniversary. And we have a lot of things going on. Some very special guests are going to be stopping in all throughout the year. We have some new changes coming to the show, so get ready for those around Easter time. And all kinds of new things that are going to be happening every single week. Something new is going to be happening, changing, and all kinds of great things, including a very special banquet where we're going to have some of our past celebrity guests stopping in eating dinner with everybody who purchases a ticket and comes to this event. So there's a lot of good things. So what I'm going to do right now is give you a rundown of some of the stuff we're going to do over the course of the next year. Now 2020 is going to be that big year. And like I said, it is a hard feat to make it to 10 years. And Diz Radio is officially at that 10-year mark. And that is because of all of you D-heads. You are the reason we have been able to do this for 10 years. I can't believe that 10 years later, all these guests, over 250 celebrity guests here at the show over the course of 10 years, the magic, the memories, all the D-teams, so much have been here to bring this show to life and make it magical for all of you. So you're wondering, what is 2020 going to bring? Well, you're going to notice a few things that are going to change. Yes, we're going to have a new intro coming for the show. 
get ready for that one. We're also going to have new intros for everybody's segments. All the D team is going to have brand new, fun, fresh intros coming very soon. We have new changes coming to the show format. And of course, as I hinted at, an exclusive Diz Radio banquet. Now, this is going to be a banquet where you're going to purchase a ticket. We're going to have a number of our celebrity guests, animators, writers, directors, actors, who are going to be present. They're going to be there. You can mingle with them, eat, have fun. We're going to have some presentations, some great things. And here's the thing. All the proceeds from this, all the ticket sales for everybody attending this anniversary dinner, this celebrity soiree, is going to go to the anti-bullying campaign. Yes, to stomp out bullying throughout America, in schools, you name it, to help kids overcome and prove that everyone matters and stop the bullying that is going on. So we chose this cause because it is a cause that often gets overlooked, but yet it is something that happens very, very often, especially if you are a child who loves Disney. You may think this is, you know, I'm off my rocker, but think about it. As a boy growing up who loved Disney, loved animation, you take a lot of flack from your friends. Because you want to watch the animated movies. I mean, try being me. I was 16 drawing Beauty and the Beast. I mean, you get a lot of flack about a lot of different things. And you get bullied. And on top of that, it's just everyone should learn how to be more tolerant of each other. And yes, I do firmly believe that there are winners and losers in competitions. You shouldn't get a participation trophy. But... You should also be rooting for everyone to overcome all their challenges and obstacles and not put them down to make you feel better. So all the proceeds from this soiree is going to go to the Stomp Out Bullying campaign across America. So it's going to be fun. We're going to be announcing our celebrity guests over the next couple months. And don't worry, you'll have time to figure out how you're going to do it. We're going to announce the location. I'm going to try to make it a centralized location for all of you D-heads. So travel won't be too crazy for anybody to attend. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a weekend event. One night of the celebrity soiree, dinner, fun, mingling. And one day of just gathering, getting together, and having some fun. So it's going to be a really fun weekend. And it's it's the first one we've ever done here at Diz Radio. We know other shows do gatherings and runs and they've done cruises together we just don't do that here at Diz Radio so now that we are going to do it oh we're going to make sure it's over the top and it's going to be fun so get ready for that so 2020 10 years there is a lot of good things that are coming down the line we're going to have an all new logo that is going to debut some of you might have caught a hint of it now over the years we have had our logo evolve every so often So far, there's been five versions of our logo. We have an all-new logo that is getting launched, vinyl sticker decals, official Diz Radio swag, and more. It is going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of different things coming down the wire, including some really good autograph pieces from our celebrity guests. We went through and had many of our past guests over the last couple of months autograph some select collectibles that you'll be able to purchase, buy, and win. Keyword, win. We're going to be giving away all these autographed items over the course of the year for people listening to the show. The catch is going to be that we have questions every week on the show, and those questions, those answers are going to be found in past shows. So you're going to have to be an avid Diz Radio listener. If you've been a great D-head all these years, this will be easy for you. But some of these questions might go back a couple of years into our archives, into our shows, 
and we have some good autograph pieces from Roy Disney autographed photos, Sherman Brothers autographed CDs, Mary Acosta, yes, Sleeping Beauty autographs as well. I mean, so many different ones, including even one of the bigger ones. We have a Tom Hanks, Woody, Toy Story action figure that we're going to be giving away and so much more. So these are just a few of the hints that are going to be coming down the line. And next week will be week one of our autograph giveaway. So get ready. It's going to be a doozy. We're going to kick it off with a good one for all of you D-heads out there. So with that, I'm just going to leave it at that. I just want to extend that thank you once again to the D-team. The D-team over the years, the D-team that's retired, and the current D-team. Of course, how many times can I say D-team in 30 seconds? But I want to thank the D-team for making this show what it is, and all of you D-heads once again for getting us to 10 years. 2020, 10-year anniversary of Diz Radio. I am fully excited for all the things that are going to be kicking off next week. Right now, we're buried in a winter wonderland of snow here at Diz Radio, but I am excited for what 2020 is going to bring and the anniversary here at Diz Radio. So with that said, all of you D-Heads, I'm going to release the reins here to the D-Team. We have Dominic stopping in with more about the streaming service Disney+. Plus. We have Charles with a magical music review. We have Aaron dipping his hands into the mailbag one last time from that Santa sack with I Want to Know. We also have Michael, who's live on location with In Walt's Footsteps, taking that look back at the legacy that Walt has left us. We have Caitlin with the wonderful women of Disney. And of course, our very special guest, none other than animator, writer, director, storyboard artist, Steve Moore, stopping in here as well. So before we release reins to the D-Team, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel, and Castles and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. So definitely check them out. They're absolutely free. They're bilingual experts as well as helping you get those fast passes, hotel reservations, character interactions. They are going to make it magical. Best part, they're 100% absolutely free. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins here to the D-team. Have some fun and so much more. And as we jump into 2020, you know what? Try everything. Try something new. Make it magical. Just go beyond your limits. And as I said, try everything and anything. I messed up tonight I lost another fight I still mess up but I'll just start again I keep falling down I keep on hitting the ground but I always get up now to see what's next Birds don't just fly They fall down and get up Nobody learns without 
Well, hello to all you D-heads. Mike here. After a very, very long break here on Diz Radio, I am very happy to be coming back with another walk in Walt's footsteps. Now, for this segment, I was very lucky to receive a really cool gift uh, from my mom this year, actually, which was to do one of the tours that I've always wanted to do, which was the Marceline to Main Street tour. Now, if you've never heard of this tour, it is one of the daily tours offered here in the Florida parks in Magic Kingdom. It is a three-hour behind-the-scenes tour that walks you down Main Street, points out all the really cool and informative uh, touches that Walt and the Imagineers brought into Main Street. Like, for instance, I never knew. I thought Main Street was based off of Marceline, Missouri. It actually isn't. It's based off of all the Main Streets that you would find in every city of America. And that's why it always feels so homely as you're walking down Main Street. Because it's meant to reflect a piece of every Main Street in any hometown that any of us might call home. And we learned a lot of really cool things about Walt's childhood and his journey up through the service, through his adolescence, and of course all the way to Wed Enterprises and of course Disneyland, which then led, leads us to the Florida Project in Magic Kingdom. We got to see a lot of cool things about Hall of Presidents, great moments with Mr. Lincoln, uh, Small World, Carousel of Progress. We even got to see some behind-the-scenes stuff on Haunted Mansion. We got to see how some of the ballroom pieces work, which, if you're a Disney fan, is a really cool thing to see from behind the scenes because I always thought it was projections. It's not. You get to see how it all works. It's very, very cool. So if you find yourself here in Florida at Magic Kingdom, you've got a few hours to spare in the morning. I highly recommend the Marceline to Main Street tour. It's $49 per adult. It's a three-hour tour. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful morning stroll through a quite empty Magic Kingdom, as Walt probably would have enjoyed it most mornings, where you get to learn about all the really, really neat things that bring Walt to our parks here in Florida. I will see you guys in the new year and we're going to go back and pick back up in a series that I started a few months ago. We're going to go back and just restart it and that's to journey through all of the attractions found in the 1964-65 World's Fair and how you may find them today or how something today may be inspired by the attractions in New York all those years ago. And I'll see you all in the new year.
endless dreams for every girl and boy. Wondrous lands of make believe will fill your heart with joy. A castle is the entrance way to seven lands and more. Step inside our storybook, imagine what's in store. It's all pure magic, wrapped up in pixie dust. In pixie dust. Welcome to a place where dreams come true. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Welcome to the screening room for a short film presentation of Back to Neverland. Two very special guest hosts are going to take you behind the scenes and show you how Disney animated films are created. We do ask that no flash photography, and if you have cell phones, if you would uh, turn them off. If you have any questions, my name is Chuck, but you can call me Robin. And sit back, enjoy the show. This is Walter Cronkite here at the Disney Animation Studio. Today we'll have a unique look at how their films are created. Well, sir, I mean, you sir there. Yes, sir. Could you give us a little help today? Oh, yes, sir. Well, you, wait a minute, you're Walter Cronkite. That, and that's the way it is. Hold on, Walter, can you just a moment? <laughs> how you doing? Name's Robin. Nice to be, but you can call me Chuck. <laughs> Robin, what's your favorite Disney film? Well, to be honest, Walter, I think Fantasia has a certain Fellini-esque kind of quality, but my real favorite is... Peter Pan, boy. I mean, Never Never Land. Oh, little pixie dust and you can fly, you know? Today, you can visit Neverland. Oh, Walter, don't pull my leg. In order to demonstrate the animation process, we're going to turn you into an animated character. Does this mean I'm only going to have three fingers? Tinkerbell! She's so bright! Oh, it's like being the presence of Barbara Streisand. 
Hey everybody, this is Eric Schwartz from Mighty Ducks, Heavyweights, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Bless, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, another Carpenter family trip to Branson, and Silver Dollar City is in the books. We had a great time seeing all the Christmas lights and eating some really good food. Well, you guys have been busy sending in questions, and for the last time this season, let's reach into Santa's sack and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Beth Fredrickson of Ohio, and she writes, Aaron, Disney On Demand, I have a question for you. Mickey's Christmas Carol is an all-time classic to watch for me. I read somewhere there was another version of this, and also there was a musical, I think. have no idea what anyone is talking about, so can you help in time for the holidays? Well, there are two versions released on LP. Mickey's Christmas Carol was largely an animated adaptation of a Disneyland Records 1974 audio musical entitled an adaptation of Dickens' Christmas Carol. The musical featured similar dialogue and cast of characters, with the exception of the first and last Christmas ghost. The ghost of Christmas past was Merlin from The Sword in the Stone, instead of Jiminy Cricket, while the ghost of Christmas yet to come was the Queen from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs as the Old Hag. This was the only time Alan Young voiced Mickey Mouse and the first time he voiced Scrooge McDuck. This record was reissued in 1982 under the title Mickey's Christmas Carol and features the same characters as in the 1983 cartoon, such as Jiminy Cricket replacing Merlin as the Ghost of Christmas Past, along with the beginning with the song Oh What a Merry Christmas Day, the song that opened the cartoon. The 1974 version is definitely a good listen, the differences make you wonder what the movie could have been. Well, our next question is from Kevin Slavinsky of Nashville, Tennessee, and he writes, I want to know, Zarin, I love hearing about your trips and family traditions. I was watching some old Disney Christmas Day parades back when it was fun to watch and not just a giant music show. When was the last time Regis hosted or was a part of it? Man, do I miss those days. Merry Christmas again from my family to yours. Well, Merry Christmas to you and your family. The Disney Parks Christmas Day Parade is always a must-watch in my house. I do miss the old days and it was more parade than music. The program has aired annually since 1983, with the exception of the year 2000 when Disney aired a Christmas Eve Tracking Santa special instead. In 1999, a nighttime version of the parade was shown on Christmas Day. The parade was first telecast as Walt Disney World's Very Merry Christmas Parade in 1983. Joan London and Mike Douglas were the host. Alan Thicke later replaced Douglas, and Regis Philbin was later added as an on-street interviewer. Eventually, Philbin took over as co-host, and Kelly Ripa, his co-host from Live with Regis and Kelly, later joined him. Regis started as an on-street interviewer in 1984. Regis started hosting in 1991 with Joan London. He hosted through 1995. 
Then Regis and Kelly took over hosting in 2001, and he hosted through 2008. Maybe someday we'll get back to the more parade and less musical. Well, our final question this week is from Emily G. of Wyoming, and she writes, Diz Radio and Aaron of the team? I have a holiday question for you. Small one. It's a classic. And Mickey Snowden at the House of Mouse? Have either of these been released on Blu-ray or 4K streaming? Don Bluth was a master animator. Have you seen Claws yet on Netflix? It's not Disney, but it feels very Disney. Well, I love Small One. I have to watch it every holiday season. Small One was released on December 16, 1978, with a reissue of Pinocchio. Mickey's Magical Christmas, Snowden at the House of Mouse, was released in 2001, direct-to-video. Both have been released on DVD, but not Blu-ray. And both are available for digital download. Small One is only available in SD and can be found on Google Play and iTunes. Snowden at the House of Mouse can be found on Google Play and Amazon. And you can also watch both of them on YouTube. And thanks for the recommendation on Claws. It's on my list of things to watch. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions. Keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next time, D-Heads. Tell me, you're older and thus all-knowing. Do you ever worry about the notion that nothing is permanent? Uh, no. Really? Wow, I can't wait until I'm aged like you so I don't have to worry about important things. That's not what I mean. I don't worry because, well, I have you and Elsa and Kristoff and Sven and the gates are open wide and I'm not alone anymore. Yes, the wind blows a little bit colder And we're all getting older And the clouds are moving on with every autumn breeze Peter Pumpkin just became fertilizer And my leaf's a little sadder and wiser That's why I rely on certain certainties Yes, some things never change Like the feel of your hand in mine Some things stay the same like how we get along just fine Like an old stone wall that'll never fall Some things are always true Some things never change Like how I'm holding on tight to you The leaves are already falling Sven, it feels like the future is calling Are you telling me tonight you're gonna get down on one knee? Yeah, but I'm really bad at planning these things out Like candlelight and pulling of rings out Maybe you should leave all the romantic stuff to me Yeah, some things never change Like the love that I feel for her Some things stay the same Like how reindeers are easier But if I commit and I go for it I'll know what to say and do Right? Some things never change 
Sven, the pressure is all on you. <laughs> the winds are restless. Could that be why I'm hearing this call? It's something coming. I'm not sure I want things to change at all. These days are precious. Can't let them slip away. I can't freeze this moment, but I can still go out and seize this day. <laughs> and you all look a little bit older. It's time to count our blessings beneath the Vacation with me and my best buddy, Donald Duck. No, silly. With you. <laughs> it's goopy. Give me a big Stop goofing around. In an outrageous full-length animated feature. We'll spend some real quality time together. I think I'm going to be sick. Walt Disney Pictures presents... Come on, this is going to be fun. The story of a father who couldn't be closer. What's the spirit, Maxie? God, this is embarrassing. To driving his son crazy. This is pathetic. Now, they're getting a crash course in becoming best friends. It's Bigfoot! Could you back up a bit, Mr. Foot? Uh, you're out of focus. This spring, one of Disney's favorite classic characters lands at theater in the most hilarious it's the leaning tower of cheesa <laughs> and hippest animated musical comedy ever a little smoke <laughs> a goofy movie <laughs> morning son dad it's hard to be cool when your dad is goofy you look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. Hey, I'm Jonas Suotamo. I played Chewbacca alongside Peter Mayhew in Star Wars The Force Awakens, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. I've encountered a virgence in the Force. A virgence, you say? You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force. You believe it's this boy? For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. 
before the dark time. You know the dark side. Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will be able to save your wife. together at long last. We are all connected. Hello everyone, this is Dominic, and for years I did a segment here called Short Leash, and after a little break I'm back with a new segment covering Disney's long-awaited streaming service, Disney+. Plus. At the time of this recording, Rise of Skywalker is about to hit theaters in what's being called the end of the Skywalker saga. If this truly is the case, maybe the end of Skywalker would have been a better title, but I haven't seen it yet, so maybe the title is actually pretty brilliant. Now, with a few exceptions, Star Wars has been an exercise in excitement, followed by a little disappointment. 
At this point, I really don't know why people believe that any of these films will be any good. Star Wars and Empire was a one-two punch of, wow, I've never seen anything like this, followed by an even better sequel, and then the bears showed up. A technologically advanced empire of armored warriors with the ability to destroy entire planets was defeated by bears with sticks. But Dom, don't you see it's a metaphor for Vietnam? Nope, it's just dumb. Defrost Han, catch a much cooler green lightsaber after jumping off a diving board, strangle Jabba, and then roll the credits. I just fixed Return of the Jedi. And I can't say things got much better after that. See, Star Wars kind of stays at a 10-year-old level when things like Harry Potter grew up. Now there's no kids in the movies at all. We're watching a magic British Dr. Doolittle running around now. At any rate, like a bad relationship where we convince ourselves that this time it will be better and different, of course I have my tickets and I got them for two different days. So I'm going. Twice. To gear up, I took this week to relive the Skywalker saga, which I guess is what we're calling it now. Firing up the Disney Plus, I was going to see all seven movies available. I already saw Rogue One on the platform earlier. But that's not part of the Skywalker saga. Silence, nerd. Solo and The Last Jedi are off Disney Plus right now, either due to other streaming deals or Disney decided that, like Song of the South, these films have no place in our modern society. The first conundrum was how to watch these things. Some say you can drop Phantom Menace completely because the plot points from that film are all covered in Attack of the Clones. Some like the machete cut order of 4-5 with the big Vader daddy reveal, then treat 2-3 or 1-2-3 as flashbacks before moving on to Return of the Jedi, which is cool, but I think we all know who Vader is at this point, so I went from the Lucas-approved method of watching 1-6. Phantom actually isn't that bad, because you can't have your expectations ruined more than once. Maybe in 1999 it wasn't what you hoped for, but at this point we know what this movie is. Episode 1 is a decent movie with some bad moments. Taking out Jar Jar isn't the answer to fix this film. I've seen the Phantom edit, which pulls out most of the geared to 8-year-old dumbness, and you quickly realize that this movie does in fact need comic relief. It may not need Jar Jar and Poo Poo or fart jokes, but there's a lot of table setting to be done in this movie, and it does need something to keep the kids from squirming around as we establish this universe. The mall fight is as good as ever, but the pod race needed to be seen by someone who hadn't seen the chariot race in the original Ben-Hur first. Type pod race and Ben-Hur into YouTube and you'll see a shot-for-shot -shot comparison between these two films. I like Clones when it came out, but since then the script and acting clangs hard against some of the decent set pieces. The music for these first two films are as good as some of the best Star Wars music ever written. Between Duel of the Fates and Across the Stars, John Williams is at his best thematically. Revenge of the Sith is as close to Empire as I think the prequels are gonna get. I think Anakin stays Anakin too long. If the end of Clones, he grows up into the better man he was at the start of Sith. He could have turned them earlier in Episode 3, or even at the end of Episode 2 for that matter. Anakin turns on a dime, and for some pretty silly reasons, and a very flimsy promise. I could save your wife, but well, not really, but if we workshop the problem together, I'm sure we could figure it out. You want to join me in evil and kill a bunch of children? And he's like, yeah, okay, good enough for me, I'm evil now. Like Phantom Menace's film also falls in the good movie with bad moments category. 4 is 4, it's a classic, but it actually is a little boring if you watch it objectively. I wish Luke had more Jedi stuff versus pilot stuff. Giving him a lightsaber is like when Pee Wee Herman got the boomerang bow tie. He never really gets to use it. 5 is just fantastic. It's not just a great Star Wars movie, it's a great movie, period. Frank Oz's puppet Yoda is more believable than CGI Yoda by a mile. Vader is positioned as the lead big bad. No Tarkin or Emperor hanging around making him look like an also-ran bouncer. Luke's training and failure is so rocky. Philly represent. I love this film so much that I've bought tickets to and rewatched these lesser films countless times just to tie into this beautifully written and acted masterpiece. And then the bears, and we've covered this.
Seven is a good movie. For all the flack it takes for being a rehash of four, I think it's better than four. It's more complete of a movie, it's more fun, the set pieces are better, the music is great. The fact that it's thematically like four doesn't ruin it for me. Star Wars is already filled with a lot of leitmotifs and recurring moments. I remember most people liking this film when it came out, then they woke up from their nostalgia stupor and realized it was the exact same film they saw in 1977. But let's face it, this is probably the best Star Wars movie we've seen since the 80s. I watched episode eight off-platform, and I don't like the director swerve the audience at every turn take of this film. Sorry, I just don't. We're only getting three of these films and episode 8 seems like we wasted one of them. We'll see how Skywalkery episode 9 is. I'm not sure what makes these last three movies Skywalker movies. I guess Kylo is half Skywalker, but he's more like all emo. Luke missed the first movie completely while being breastfed by a space walrus. Then he gives himself an aneurysm in the second one because you shouldn't ever force it too much. That's how you get the hemorrhoids. Leia's Skywalkerness could have worked as a centerpiece if Grim Reaper 2016 hadn't taken out half of Hollywood. So are these last three Skywalker movies? Again, I need to let them finish their story. But so far I haven't seen much Skywalker front and center going on. 4, 5, and 6 is all about Luke's hero's journey. 1, 2, and 3, Anakin's fall. 1 through 6, Vader's redemption. All of this makes sense. 7 and 8 so far is a remake of 4 and whatever The Last Jedi was trying to do. I'm eager to see them tie it all together and stick the landing. So, this is my week on Disney+, Plus. I'll continue to report back each week with some Disney Plus watching, reviews, and more. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or something you'd like me to cover from Disney+. Plus. Reach out at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet. I'm on Twitter at WDWPlantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. If you want to see a husband and wife make snarky cartoons about Disney World, that's where you go. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go. To a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington I am the Pumpkin King! Dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! Whoa! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This is your What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? Lights! Camera! Action!
It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's television, movies, you name it, there is always that slice of Disney that you have passed on to generations. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to any of that. You know him from a variety of different projects he's worked on, from a goofy movie, as well as It's Tough to Be a Bog, uh, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. I mean, the list could go on and on from storyboard artist, animator, director, you name it. We have none other than Steve Moore here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, myself, you know, I, I have a love of animation. I mean, everybody loves Disney. Everyone loves animation. But I, myself, you know, wanting to be an animator growing up, I, to me, I this, this one it hits home for me. So I guess with that, to kick it off... How did you, you know, end up doing this for a career? Did, were you just doodling on napkins? Were you like, this is what I want to do? Uh, how did you land into the world of animation? Well, I liked, I liked to draw when I was a kid. I was funny, which, you know, got me in trouble in school. But, you know, it, it ended up being something that I was good at. And, and there was a point, I don't know, around fifth or sixth grade where, you know, I... I I wanted to, uh, first I wanted to draw for Mad Magazine, you know, and then, and then I discovered animation in an encyclopedia just by chance, how animated films were made. And it, <clears throat> it was an old, like Collier's encyclopedia and it had pictures of, uh, it was Bugs Bunny and how a Bugs Bunny film was made. And, and, um, I was really fascinated with that and I bugged my mom to, buy me some cells and, and uh, the art store, these acetate sheets, and I was just doing things where I would tape these things for the ground and, and put mom's um, uh, camera on a stand and, and, and just click it off a little bit. And, you know, I got these kind of rough-looking animation things that, uh, you know, was um, the beginnings of all that. And, and like I said, that was like sixth or seventh grade, some part, somewhere around there. And uh, and then at some point I, I read about Cal Arts in a magazine or newspaper it was. And uh, a couple years later I'm, I'm at a college fair and there's somebody from Cal Arts and I submitted and got in and and I was in a class with all these great people. I learned probably as much from them as I did my my teachers, who at the time was uh, well Jack Hanna ran the department. He was a shorts director at Disney for years and years, and Homer Plummer was there, and it was life drawing, and uh, Teehee, but uh, I had my classmates, I had people like Kevin Lima was in my class, and Kirk Wise, um, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, Kevin's wife, uh, Brenda Chapman, was, was there, and, and, uh, you know, Pete Doctor eventually came, and, and Andrew Stanton, and all those guys, we were all there at the same time, so it was a good time to be there and we were just immersed in the world of animation 24 7 it was a wonderful thing well and with animation too so many parts go into animation besides just wanting to um 
you know, besides just wanting to, I guess, animate the actual piece, you know, all the frames, whatnot, before that, you have the story, you have the concepting, and then you get into the storyboard, you know, artistry of it, which to me is is a work of art in itself. It, it's this snapshot, this almost comic book, you know, you just look at it and you capture the emotion and really sell the movie. You know, you got into doing, you know, being a storyboard artist on such things like Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, Goofy Movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, you know, so many of these. What is it like going and trying to bring this story to life so then the animators are like, aha, now we get what we're supposed to do? Well, you know, for me, a lot of it was just I, I kind of stumbled into storyboarding where I was I was animating and just out of necessity, I got boarding, and and uh, and I found I really liked having more of an overview over the 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 overall film than just my specific little scenes, and uh, so uh, you know I continued in that direction with it, and uh, you know when you're but when you're boarding, I always like to think about you think about the character and what's going on in their head, and and try to do poses that are unique to those particular characters and work with just that character and not try not to get into the, some of the more generic kind of things you see over and over and over again. And um, for me, that's that's the fun part. You're trying to put something fresh in there that you hope the animator will take. And, and the idea is for them to be able to springboard from that, you know, and that's, that's sort of the whole whole point of the boards the boards are not something that anybody outside of the actual production people get to ever see really uh, unless there's some special thing you, you know that, that they present but um yeah, that that's kind of what's cool about the boards is this is like this little behind the scenes thing that um it, it is literally just for for production purposes well, you know, and with that too, and doing the, you know, the storyboards. Now, have you ever, you know, started to work on it? You're you're doing the boarding and you were even stumped as to how to make this emotion or capture it just right. Were you ever just sitting there like, I, I'm just not sure. And then you had this aha moment. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that happens uh, almost <laughs> at least once a week. <laughs> <'Cause you're>, <laughs> <laughs> you get something and, and, and for me... For me, I, my drawing skills were always a, ch a challenging thing for me to just to develop and, and, and try to, you know, some people can just draw and it just flows out of them. For me, it's like, to me, it's more of a wrestling match where I'm like wrestling a thing to the ground and trying to make it submit to what I see in my head. And, and sometimes, some days you just don't have it and you just kind of have to walk away from it and go, all right, I'll, I'll get you tomorrow. And, and that usually happens. It's just there's something about just moving on and coming back to it that that that's that's what I end up doing with it. But, but yeah, and and, and it's, you know it's just. But when you finally get it, it's it's a it's it's a great feeling. Like yes, yes, that's that's what it's supposed to be. And uh, the hardest part is you're you're boarding and you're there's deadlines. So there's there's always that. You know, people people want it before you're done with it, and that's that's just a, a way of life with the board artist and constant state of frustration. So you can get it as good as you can get it sometimes, and then it's out the door. 
Definitely. Well, you know, and with that too, then, have you ever worked on a project where you were just very excited to be part of that project? I mean, I'm sure there's many of them and, you know, each one holds its its special moment in your heart. But are there any when you look back and you're like, you know, that truly was just this magical moment being able to work on that project? Oh, there's, you know, there's a bunch of them. I mean, the Brave Little Toaster was one that, um, you know, it's one of those things from the beginning I knew this was something special and I ended up they asked me if I'd go to Taiwan and work on that and and you know I was 23 years old and it was like yes I'll go it, it didn't even have to think about it and and uh, another was was Goofy Movie Goofy Movie you know it started out it started out it was it was supposed to be the Goof Troop movie and because there was a series Goof Troop on, on the Ch- Disney Channel and they Went in and reworked it and wanted to just make it work as a, a theatrical film. And we got involved in that. And as we got involved, it was like, oh yeah, this is, this is something, again, something special. And, and, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, of course, that was, you know, I knew about that before I was invited to work on it. And I, I went to San Francisco and worked on that for a while and, and just to be in that building and, you know, you walk through every day and here's, here's the puppets sitting there on a the table, just, you know, and you want to, you want to play with them. You're, <laughs> you're like, you're tempted to just pick them up and, and you're like, oh no, that thing, that thing costs like $25,000 to make and <laughs> you don't touch it. <laughs> it's just like, but it's just this little wonderful thing to be able to walk through and, you know, here's people working on just the heads, you know, and the mouth shapes and, and people working on just making the clothes and the costumes and, and, and of course the sets, you know, the, the little miniature sets and people climbing in there and hand drawing wallpaper and things like that. So yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them that, uh, you know, it, it makes you go, yeah, this is, this is what I did this for. This is what, this is what I signed up for. Well, you know, it's cool, that, it it's cool that they last too, you know, uh, that, that years later, there's, those are the ones people point to. Well, that was going to be my next question too. I was ready to say, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those where, you know, does it amaze you when you sit back and you're like, you know, this thing has lasted and has legs and legs. I mean, you know, I've, I've watched a bunch of these and then I pass them down to my kids and now with Disney plus they're watching them again. And they're like, you know, these are great. They choose to watch these, these nuggets that you were part of over some of the newer stuff, just because they, they have this essence and this magic to them that, you know, sometimes lacks from some of the newer things. Well, it's just, it's not something we thought about back when we were making these things, you know, we were really kind of making them for ourselves. You know, it was, it was what we liked and we put those in the films and, and, uh, but as time goes by, you know, we didn't think about the fact that these kids are going to watch this stuff is are going to grow up and these films are going to be holding a special place in their hearts, you know, and, and it's, and it's a cool thing. We, I, I went to see, um, they did a, it was a 25th anniversary of Goofy movie and they played it at the El Capitan and it was like the Rocky Horror Picture Show with the Goofy movie because <laughs> people were dressed <laughs> People were dressed in costumes. They were shouting out the lines. They were singing along and hooting and hollering. And it was the most fantastic experience to be. I'm sitting in the middle of the theater and these people are all around and 
they're shouting out lines that I wrote and that, you know, stuff that you put in there. <laughs> it was a little mind blowing. <laughs> Well, you know, and it continues to have legs. And, you know, some of those things, too, are are nostalgic. And there's some that you've been able to be a part of that are, you know, they're long gone and they're hard to find. But when people find them, it's a gem. Like things like, you know, Back to Neverland with Robin Williams and, you know, back back when it was MGM Studios. You could do the Backlot Tour. You saw Back to Neverland. What was it like being part of this fun story that... You know, the late Robin Williams, you know, great things like the genie. And then at the time, it was a working studio. So there was this magic and awe behind it. Uh, you know, what was it like working on that project? Well, the, the studio hadn't wasn't under construction phase when we were doing this. So um, we were making we were making a thing that took place in the studio before the actual studio was built. So uh, some of the live action footage outside... In the beginning, where uh, uh, Walter's out there and he meets Robin, that was done at a studio here in L.A., and they faked the Florida studio in the background. They, they, I think they did some like like flats and facades and things back there. But um, but the uh, actually working on the animated thing that was done at um, there was a, a studio called Bob Rogers and Company that was down the street from Disney and it was there was me and uh there was Jerry Reese and um, who was the director and um Tom Enriquez and and Bob and we sat in a conference room and just brainstormed this thing over I I don't know how long it was now maybe maybe a week but it was literally just hold up in this room together until we came up with something. And we had this thing that was, it was Robin Williams as a little lost boy. And we presented it and the, the uh, Disney executives came in and, um, and the first reaction was they hated it. And it was like Robin Williams, because Robin Williams up until then, his, his stuff was pretty R rated, you know, his comedy and he had a lot of drug references and such. And, and so the idea of him in a Disney thing was just, you know, but somehow they came around. I, I, I think it was Jerry just stayed with it and talked them around and, and, uh, and so they gave it the go ahead and, and, um, you know, we got, let's say we got the board to say that was probably one of the first board things I got to do was on that. And then, um, and then I got to animate on it. So. It was just a lot, a lot, a lot of fun, and 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 you know the sad part is I never got down to Florida to see it so, <laughs> after all that. But <laughs> I haven't seen that thing in years, but uh, but uh, but yeah, I wish I'd gotten down there. But I see people once in a while who've been there, and they go, "Oh, there was this film," and they so people remember it. So that's it's a wonderful thing that people remember that, even though it was this little side thing before the actual uh, thing you go to. The, the actual animation studio itself. Definitely. You know, and it is one of those things you remember because, you know, I remember when that came out. I mean, at the time, I was probably a freshman, sophomore in high school at the time. And I remember going to the studios and seeing that, and it just solidified that I'm like, I, I want to be an animator. After watching that short and then seeing the animator, I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is this is it. Now, 
you know, with that being in the parks, you also had a chance to work on things like it's tough to be a bug, items like that. So when people aren't passing down things for generations, there's thousands of people seeing them every day. Uh, you know, is that kind of mind blowing sometimes when you think of it that way, when they're going and seeing this day after day, thousands and thousands of people? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I remember when the first cut of Back to Neverland was finished and Don Ernst was the editor on that thing, and he and it was seven seconds over time what we, they were supposed to do. And, and Don went to Jerry and said, uh, "You got to cut seven seconds." And Jerry's like, "What's seven seconds?" And he said, "Well, in in Disney Imagineering terms, it's seven seconds means something like seventy thousand people a month aren't going to get to see this thing because it took that." <laughs> So there's this whole science of people moving behind imagineering that I never ever thought about before that but but they they figured this stuff out just you know and it's 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 a little mind blowing like that when you think 7 seconds makes that much of a difference Definitely. You know, and it, and it continues to be passed on. Now, you've done so many other things other than just animation, storyboarding. You also directing, producing, writing. I guess, how did you make that progression from, you know, hey, I'm doing storyboards, I'm doing animation. You're like, you know what? I, I want to direct some of this. I want to do, I want to write some things. Well, you know, for me, it's just, uh, I, it's just that you express an interest in it. You know, as I get working, you know, you work with people and, and, you know, I always try to work with people that I admire their skills, people that, you know, I get inspired by, people like Jerry Reese or Henry Selleck. Uh, you know, I've I've gotten lucky like that. Kevin Lima is another one. I mean, we were classmates, but he's super, super, all super talented guys that, and all com- very different approaches. And you learn from that. And, and at some point... I I don't know how I got these chances, but they came along, and and what happens is you get the chance, you got to grab it and and go with it, and and um, I was lucky enough to to get to do that on some things. Well, definitely, you know, and you were part of so many of of these things, you know, from directing, writing, and then of course, you know, like I said, animation and other ones that are great glimpses in time, like Michael and Mickey, and then you know, even things that aren't Disney, you got to you know be part of, like uh, Minions, Despicable Me too, you know, items like that. So you were entrenched into these things that are getting passed on from all different facets. Now, you know, is is animation and storyboarding and art? Does this still remain a love of yours, where you admire other people? work and is there any people that you're like you know I wish back in the day I just had a chance to work with this person oh yeah oh there's a couple questions there <laughs> well, <laughs> as, far as, as far as people yeah I mean I would have liked to have gotten to work with with uh, 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 Jay Ward um, that was always he was always like like the Bullwinkle and Rocky stuff for me that was my childhood and that was you know, when I was first starting out and looking for work, this was in 1984, I uh, called Jay Ward Studio, and he answered the phone. And at the time, he said, um, well, he's got a couple commercials, a couple Captain Crunches, and then he's closing up. And I said, what do you mean you're closing up? And he said, well, we're, we're closing the studio. And I felt so bad, like, I missed out. It's like... 
<laughs> no, don't. But but I got to talk to him. <laughs> so I had my my two minutes on the phone with, with Jay Ward. It was wonderful. But you know, another one was Ward Kimball. You know, he was somebody that I always liked his work. I always liked that that whimsical stuff that uh, that that he did and. And uh, yeah, always, always wished I'd gotten to work with him, but but I did get to work with uh, June Foray, which was who was one of my heroes. Didn't didn't get to work with Mel Blanc, but but um, totally geeked out over June. You know, I've had a lot of famous people record for me, but she was the one I geeked out over. Is she's this tiny little lady, and she's there in the booth, and Rocky the Squirrel's coming out of her mouth. It's just crazy. <laughs> well, you know, and she is one of those iconic actors, you know, that that behind the microphone just, you know, she sets that standard that is unmatched, like you said, much like Mel Blanc, you know, whenever I hear whenever I hear his name, I just think Ugga, Ugga, Boo, Ugga, Boo, Boo, Ugga. <laughs> and she was just such a, a a great lady, too. I mean, she was, you know, a really nice person and just really accessible and did a lot of great things for the animation industry. I mean, she started a CIFA, I guess, and, and uh, you know, she was always just very, you know, very uh, uh, supportive and, and, I guess, a very accessible lady. Definitely. I mean, so revered that, you know, they have, you know, the June Foray Award at the Annie Awards as well. So, I guess, w- would you would you be intimidated or would you be excited to be in a room with your storyboards up with Walt there? Oh, I'd be excited. I'd be excited, you know, because <laughs> it'd be like, all right, well, let's see what he says. <laughs> I'd want to know, you know. I, well, you know, I sometimes think, you know, if, if I was to submit my stuff today, you know, I've been around a long time, and, and you're like, well, I'll submit my stuff stuff to Disney. Could I get in? I mean, you know, it. I don't know. You know, it's, you know, it's so subjective, you know, and, and uh, I'd be curious to see what he thought. But um, you know, yeah, I would I, I would have liked to met Walt, obviously, but you know, he uh, I didn't even think of him when you asked because he just seemed so much on on another plane there. I don't I I wonder how accessible he would have been. Definitely. Now, you know, we don't want to keep you too long. I mean, I could talk animation and artistry and it's so many different things for forever and ever and hours and hours. But I guess, you know, in, in the industry today, is there any animators or any movies that have really caught your interest where you're like, wow, that is just a gorgeous work of art? Well, that last Spider-Man thing, that was, for me, That I mean, there's been two movies that since I've been working, well, three. Well, Nightmare Before Christmas was one, but then Toy Story was one. And then another one was that Spider-Man movie where I watched it and went, you know, holy crap, you know, you just, your jaw hits the floor and you're like, how, how could I ever compete with this? You know, you know, it's just, they, they raised the bar considerably and, and, uh, and I got to work on one of them, but the other two, yeah, I, I would have liked to worked on those. Definitely, you know, and the and the new Spider-Man movie was it, it was that work of art where it was it, it was a comic book brought to life. Yeah, and stylistically, just you know, and and even the acting, I I really appreciated that the acting and the animation was not 
the same stuff. I get I get very tired watching animated films where the acting has become so homogenized where it would be like if in live action you had the same half dozen actors in every movie you saw. You know, and there's, I, 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 so the Spider-Man movie, just even on that level had me, but graphically it was just, you know, incredible. It was just incredible what they did. So hats off to those guys. I mean, it's just, uh, Peter and that gang, they just, no, I don't know how studio let them do it. (laughs) it You know, I, I, I always say I like to do stuff that's just, it's different enough that it's so, that it's different, but not so different that you don't know what to make of it. And I think they succeeded in that. They took it as far, far as you could in that, in that sense. Definitely. You know, it, it definitely was that work of art. And, you know, I, I mean, I guess with that too, you know, like I said, I don't want to keep you too long here, but I guess in closing, you know, holiday season, you worked on a variety of, you know, holiday films, other films that have been passed on, um, so many different things all over the world. You have touched so many people's lives that you don't even realize, you know, from myself watching many of your works, going to the parks, you know, inspiring me to want to be an animator, and then also me passing these down to my kids. So I guess in closing, is there any words you'd like to leave out there for anybody tuning in whose lives you have touched and uh, who you, you don't even realize you may have inspired over the course of their destiny? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. You know, it, it's, you know, but if, you know, for me it was, I, I did this because I guess I, I saw something that, that inspired me to do, to do this. If, if you feel the same then, then follow that i mean you know it's it's really is that kind of that simple you know you just get on a path with it and, and go but um but i'm glad i mean like you said i'm glad to be part of this stuff that that's that's still around and people still remember it i want to do more you know i'm you know i'm ready to do more very cool. Well, it was our pleasure having you uh, having you on. And like you said, you know, I guess if anything, just have a little bit of that faith, trust, pixie dust and follow your dreams. And it was our pleasure having you stop in, Steve, chat with us, you know, kind of go down this memory lane of so many works that you have created and passed on to generations. And I am excited to see what you can give us in the future. And of course, continue to pass down many of your classics uh, down to my children and uh, all of our listeners, children as well. Thank you, Jonathan. What do one meerkat and one warthog have in common? A little bit of Hakuna Matata. That's what. Join Timon and Pumbaa on their jungle adventures. From the wilds of Africa to the roar of the city. Nowhere is safe. Timon and Pumbaa. A new series on Disney Junior. break from modern living? Do you long to shed your weary load? If your nerves are raw and your brain is fried, just grab a friend and take a ride together up on the open road. Come on, Maxie! <laughs> all in all, I'd rather have detention 
Oh, I'd rather read a tome. Yeah. And old man drives like such a club that I'm about to hurl my guts directly upon the open road. There's nothing can upset me, cause now we're on our way. Our trusty map will guide us straight and through. Roxanne, please don't forget me, I will return someday. Though I may be in traction when I do. Me and Max relaxing like this the old days. Stand dragging breath and, and at me. Buddy, buddy kind I'm so of mad. I think I may when explode. When I see that highway, I could cry. You know that's funny. So could I just be out on the open road. Mac, or you'll be getting towed. I'm in no hurry to arrive, cause I'll be turning 65 the next time I seize the open road. Just a week of rest and relaxation. Yeah! And the odd romantic episode. Very odd. <laughs> and it's California, yeah, you're bust. Look out, you dirtbags in my dust from now on. Road. It's me and little Maxie, my pipsqueak pioneer. Their party is forever whispered all. Could someone call a taxi and get me out of here to Beverly Hills 90210? Oh, every day another new adventure. Every mile another new zip and I'd go with them if I could I got no strings on me I'm feeling fancy free How wonderful to be On the open road Chaz here with another magical music review So let's talk about Beauty and the Beast the Enchanted Christmas because I watched that the other day with my wife and she loved it and quite honestly it has a cast of fantastic characters and the music is wonderful. So let's just get started with that shall we? The music was written by Miss Rachel Portman who is of the Order of the British Empire and the lyrics were written by Don Black, who's a lyricist, who's also of the Order of the British Empire, meaning that they both are fantastic at what they do and recognized by the English royalty as fantastic at what they do. They're both English, so that's where that is, I guess. <laughs> but they are also, coincidentally, both Oscar winners, Academy Award winners. Not for this film, but for other films they did. And that shows you just how fantastic they are at what they do. Because they really are fantastic at what they do. The music in this film is top notch. It's part of, one of my favorite parts of the film. Um, the, the fact that they brought back a lot of the original voiced cast from the original film is another thing I really liked about the film. But we're not talking about the film today, we're talking about the music. And the music has a lot of originality. It has a feel and a flow of many Christmas songs with very recognizable instruments, you know, the string orchestra and that flow that just 
brings joy to your heart and makes you happy that it's Christmas time from As Long As There's Christmas, sung by Paige O'Hara and the rest of the castle inhabitants. The song is pretty much just about how no matter what happens, Christmas is a great time of year and it raises your heart and lights your spirit and makes you happy. And there's nothing that can make that go wrong, nothing that can make it bad. There is, but that's not the point of the song. <laughs> the point of the song is that no matter what, Christmas can make you happy if you just let it, because there's all these things about Christmas time that make it great. From turkey, to Christmas pudding, to gifts, to giving gifts, you know, the decorations, gifts under the tree, red ribbons, all these things, just all the imagery within the lyrics is just something that really is Christmas. If you haven't watched the film, it's a great Christmas film. It was a direct-to-video release, but don't let that get you down because a lot of good, fun Disney releases were direct-to-video. Go give it a watch. This song in particular, As Long As There's Christmas, is a really great Christmas song. But, that's not the only song within this film that makes me happy. <laughs> a Cut Above the Rest is another song, it's sung by Lumiere and Cogsworth, and it's basically them competing to say who is the best at making Christmas special. It's great, they go back and forth, there's a lot of great puns like Cogsworth telling Lumiere that he can't hold a candle to his timing, which is funny, because Cogsworth's clock in Lumiere's uh, candelabra. I don't think I have to explain why it's funny, but I just did. <laughs> but that song is fantastic. Again, you know, the entire thing was written by Miss Rachel Portman and Mr. Don Black. They did a wonderful job with the music fitting perfectly with the lyrics and the lyrics fitting perfectly what's going on in the, the movie. And that being said, about music... The main villain of this movie, um, spoiler alert, is a giant pipe organ and his sidekick, which is a tiny fife. The giant pipe organ is called Forte, and he is voiced by none other than Mr. Tim Curry. He, Tim Curry is, in my opinion, one of the greatest voice actors out there because he has such a recognizable voice but at the same time can change his voice so much that you don't even realize it's Tim Curry doing the voice at times. I mean, his Disney voice acting list is huge, from characters in Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, The Little Mermaid, um, Gargoyles, The Mighty Ducks TV series, Quack Pack. I mean, the list just goes on and on. He's a fantastic voice actor, and it's wonderful that he has this song in this film and that he's this villain in this film. And this song is uh, called Don't Fall in Love. And it's basically, uh, he enjoys being this pipe organ and he knows that if the beast falls in love, the curse will be broken and he will no longer be this pipe organ. And that, you know, he, he feels like he can just be the, uh, the epitome of what he is as long as the beast doesn't fall in love. And so this is a song that he's singing to the beast, trying to coax him and coerce him away from falling in love with Belle because that would be terrible for him, right? 
So the song is all about the things that you shouldn't do to fall in love. Like, how bad love is for you and like the things that is just that will make you fall in love and how to avoid them and what to just not do which it's terrible advice everyone it's terrible advice if you want to know what to do listen to the song do the opposite i mean it's not exactly right but i mean it's a good start so again don't fall in love it's one of my favorite songs from this film because Again, Tim Curry is fantastic, the lyrics are great, and the music is just wonderful. Rachel Portman and Don Black really hit it out of the park in this film, and it just adds to such the a great feeling of the film. The whole tone of the film, I feel, is added to because of the music. The, few, the, the film isn't one of the most well-known Disney films, but it is one of my favorite Christmas time films to watch. I still, you know, Mickey's Christmas Carol is my number one. It will always be my number one. But this film is something that will always be on the list of movies that my wife and I will watch on Christmas, especially when we have kids. So, with that, I think that's all I got for today. Um, be sure to give those that those songs a listen to at least if you don't go and watch the the movie as well, because the movie is fantastic and well worth your time to watch i mean it's a direct tv dvd or uh video release but it's one of the better ones in my opinion and so go watch it with that i'll leave you with a nice warm blanket hot chocolate a disney movie on the tv and a nice long nap afterwards because i love naps but with that being said if you guys want to reach out to me, you know how to do it. My email address is chaz at disradio.com. That's C-H-A-Z at disradio.com. And as always, don't just fly, soar. Cooper. Their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. You've been to the dinner. You've been to the dance. Now. Be our guest for a Beauty and the Beast Christmas celebration with the special edition release of Disney's Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. We're going to have the greatest Christmas ever. Now, the enchanting story continues as Belle... She's planning Christmas? ...and her magical friends... The master has forbidden Christmas. Well, no one can forbid Christmas. As long as there's Christmas. Bring the joy of Christmas to the castle and warm the heart of a beast. It's from a girl. With all the original voice talents. Splendid. <laughs> new friends. Show-stopping songs. Stories and stories. And never-before-seen DVD bonus features. Oh, oh, la, la. This beloved Beauty and the Beast holiday classic is even more magical than ever. It's wonderful. Oh. Walt Disney Pictures presents the special edition of Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas on Disney DVD and Video, November, for a limited time only. What are we waiting for, Christmas? <laughs> Hi, this is Mark Elliott, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, our feature presentation. What are you going to get him? I don't really know him well enough to know what he would want. What would you want? Well... What I love most in the world are my books. My stories. Why don't you get the master a story? You're right, Chip. A story.
When I get to know him, we'll find more things to say. One day I will reach him, there has to be a way. Everyone needs someone, he must need someone too. When I get to know him better, here's what I will do. Stories from picture books All filled with wonder Magic worlds where the impossible Becomes the everyday We'll find a mountain top And some moonbeams to sit under I'll lead because I know the way So much to discover I do it all the time I could live inside bright pages where the words all rhyme. We will slay the dragons that still follow him around. And he'll smile, yes, he'll smile as his dreams leave the ground. Stories and stories about mermaids, kings, and sunken treasure. Magic worlds where the impossible becomes the I'll take him there, I know the way Stories about heroes who overcame their deepest sorrow They'll put hope into his heart again He'll cherish every day He'll find a better world And the strength to face tomorrow Hi there, it's Caitlin here with the Wonderful Women of Disney, a new segment that shines a light on women from the Walt Disney Company's past and present. Here at Diz Radio, we love a good animated short, so the news of a new film series at Disney Pixar was big. This year launched Spark Shorts, a series of animated short films created to allow more leadership opportunities for women and minorities. Diversity has been a problem in animation for a long time, there are even Walt Disney Company rejection letters from the 1930s that explain that women were not considered for creative jobs or training, and were only considered for ink and paint positions, of which there were very few. The problem now is that it's difficult to hire new directors with less experience for feature-length animated films because of their long lead times and big budgets. Since women and minorities have had less opportunities throughout their careers, it leads to a predominantly white male director pool. With Spark Shorts, Disney Pixar hopes to combat that and allow for a more diverse pool of potential directors to continue to grow. Each Spark Short is created in just six months, and gender parity is a goal of the program, so the shorts will feature an equal number of male and female directors. The first animated short released was titled Pearl, 
and centers around a ball of pink yarn who struggles finding her place among an office full of, you guessed it, white males. It's directed and produced by Kristen Lester and Jillian Libert Duncan. And if you haven't seen it yet, make sure to check it out. It's currently on Disney Plus, along with several others, including Float, Wind, Smash and Grab, and Kitbull. The holidays are the perfect time to throw on a Disney Pixar short or two. With everyone coming and going from one holiday party to the next, sometimes it's nice to dedicate even a few minutes to watching a short film when you don't have time for a full-length movie. We look forward to seeing how Spark Shorts changes the face of future Pixar directors and watching more shorts to come. Elastigirl said it best, Leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. We can handle this. Have a nice day.
Hey, D-heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the first show of 2020. It was a fantastic romp, and I want to extend a very special thank you to Steve Moore for stopping in. Great stories. I could talk with you for hours about animation, storyboarding, who you've worked with, so many different things. Thank you, Steve, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Michael, Aaron, Charles, Dominic, Caitlin, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without you, the show would be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we are coming back at you for 10 years. Our 10-year anniversary in 2020. Thank you, the D-Heads. You truly are the reason we continue to bring you the magic and memories here at our fun little Disney show. Now, next week, we're continuing on with all kinds of celebration. As I mentioned, great guests and so many other things. But before I give you that hint, that clue, that look into who might be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can also visit us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Snapchat, you name it. Just search DizRadio. Disney Blue or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our show. Now, if you want to stay connected instantly, yes, I say this all the time. It is super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher, search Diz Radio, Disney Blue or Disney On Demand. Find our show, hit subscribe, and get the latest shows as they get released on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, the device of your choosing. So you can have the magic, the music, the D-team, and even me rambling in your ears as soon as it gets released. And if you can't remember any of this, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I am going to give you a little hint as to who's going to be stopping in here next week. And let's think about, you know, maybe traveling down to the heart of Dixie. Maybe, you know, getting your heart checked out from a great doctor. Maybe somebody that knows how to ride again with the Apple Dumpling Gang. I'm going to leave it at that. So before I release the reins here once again, let you enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the snowfall if you're around the DoD 76 studios. Go sledding. Make the memories, make the magic, but most of all, take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money, you can't always make memories. Make the magic happen, make the memories, because tomorrow might be one day too late. Have the magic, have a fantastic weekend, and until next week, make it all happen. I woke up, looked outside. I couldn't believe my eyes. So much snow on the ground. Sheriff fam came rolling around. We could sled, drink hot chocolate. When there's snow, there's no stopping. Hat and gloves fit 
so snug Let's go outside and share the love We can build a snowman Don't know if you know man You know it's a snow day Let's go out and play It's a winter wonderland I bet you've been wondering What Lizzie Carter came to say Oh Must have said, hey, hey come, come outside. outside. I got my boots, I got my snack. Snowball fight, let's attack. We could sled, drink hot chocolate. When there's snow, there's no stopping. Hat and gloves, fit so snug. Let's go outside and share the love. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.